Um, I don't know who you are, but you've made a big mistake, okay? I'm an Avenger. I've called the other Avengers. You're an Avenger? Have I killed you before? <laughs> what? You're not the one with the hammer. It's Thor. We get confused a lot. Similar body types. Who are you? And here we go. It's the comic, 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 comic book bullies. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Welcome back to the Combo Bullies from There's No Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, a.k.a. Martin Luther the Kang, with my co-host. Uh, yeah, this is Eli, a.k.a. Pimps Don't Cry. <laughs> is pimping ain't easy or is pimping easy? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to say good morning to Janelle Monet and nobody else but Jan- Janelle Monet. So, yeah, we're going to go from that one. Uh, Eli, before we started recording, I had a dilemma. I had a real yeah. dilemma because I started realizing my fandom started colliding with each other because I had a choice to make. Of course, you know, the NBA All-Star game is on the night. Well, you probably didn't know that. But also, the Capcom Finals with Street Fighter Five was on the night at the same oh, time. Oh, so I had to choose. Which one was I going to watch? See, that's the problem when you have, like, fandoms going on at the same time, like like my, my sports fans and my nerdum going on at the same time. So you know what I did? I made a, I made a choice. That's what did I did. Your nerd, are we pulling your nerd card? No, no, no. We're not pulling my note card because I, I made a compromise. I made a compromise. So instead of watching what I did, I had the NBA All-Star Game on the TV and I had Street Fighter on my iPad. Now, normally I would have had Street Fighter on my TV, but I had I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. I had to choose between fandoms. So I was like, fuck. Because <laughs> I can't watch NBA on my iPad. I just can't. So I can, But I can watch M, uh, Street Fighter on my iPad. So I had to watch it. And I'm like going back and forth. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know, but yeah. Why you had to do it at the same time, Capcom? Don't you know there are some NBA fans that play Street Fighter? <laughs> I may be the only. I'm not. I can't be the only person. You like? I can't. You know. But yeah. Anyway, I'm. Anyway, I'm putting Street Fighter since Street Fighter Five. That was the last Capcom Cup they ever going to do with Street Fighter Five. I'm now putting Street Fighter in the ban category. It is now in the uh, the cup with Star Wars. You know, uh, Zack Snyder and Will Smith. It's there. So yeah, no more Street Fighter. Oh really? I'm not yeah. allowed to talk about Street Fighter. You're not allowed to talk about Street Fighter no more. Mortal Kombat, have at it. No more Street oh. Fighter. We're done. <laughs> Did something controversial happen? No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, it, you know, Street Fighter in itself, if you talk about Street Fighter Five in itself, it's controversial. But nah, we're, we're not going to go for that. I mean, hey, talk about it if you want. I'm not talking about it anymore. I think I talk about it too much on here, but anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to the uh, show because we actually got a media show. Well, you know what? I got a media show. Sorry, Sorry for y'all. This is going to be a, a heavy me Citric show because Eli was actually like, doing yeah. constructive shit this week you know i'm just gonna assist I'm yeah just he was up. he was actually bettering himself this week instead of just doing yeah. shit you know i'm i'm like i'm i'm the yeah i'm just like guide you like yep, this way <laughs> that way like yeah. mm, that's interesting mm, oh shit you yeah. know i'll be ed mcmahon yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay okay andy richter okay let's go 
All right, well, so you know first thing we Gene. No. <laughs> anyway, let's let's start with some sad shit, man. Let's get the sad shit out of the way first. Then we can actually jump into the show because we already know what we came to the show. We're gonna get into the Ant Man tra- uh review. I saw Ant Man. Huge spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, click off. Or if you don't give a shit, stay on. I don't care. If you don't care, I don't care. So yeah. But first thing, let's get into the sad shit. Let's talk about rest in peace to Raquel Welch. Um, yeah, this has happened. I don't know how, when this happened early this week, sometime this week. I don't know. It happened whenever it happened. Um, I mean, she was like 80 something, so it's not like it was, you know, that was way younger than I thought she was. I thought she was a lot older, I, yeah. yes, because she then that's the thing we all thought she was older than what she was. I, yeah, honestly, 83 sounds about right, but the thing is, like I said, she was she's been around since the 60s, like mid 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the thing that one of the things that made her like put her on the map was the poster of 1 million BC. This was on the poster, like the walls of a lot of 13-year-old boys. Now, you got to remember, this is pre-internet. So for a lot of 13-year-old boys that got their hands on this poster, this is all they had. That's all I'm going to say on that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough back then. It wasn't as easy to get your hands on as was back then. Yeah, you know? way before, you know, the, the convenient days of Pornhub. Exactly. Spoil little bastards that I have now. Exactly. You yeah. had to rummage and find this stuff. So when you got your hands on that poster, yes, you cherished that poster. You know, for us, us, us old motherfuckers, it was like the Fellowship of the Ring, trying to find, <laughs> right. trying to find our stroke material. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Raquel Wills did it because, like I said, Raquel Wills. Let's not beat around the bush. She was a sex symbol. She just was. Uh, and YouTube. that's before I was born. Like when I was a kid, I remember she was. Still hot when I was a kid. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. She was hot for like decades. And that's the thing about sex symbols. Like a lot of our sex symbols stay hot for like maybe a decade. You know, they're like hot for a decade or like a few years and they go. But Raquel Wells was like hot for like decades, Ever. like from the 60s, like to the 80s. The 80s, she was still hot. Yeah. You know, so. Shit, I remember her still being hot in the 90s. That's why I was in like, In the damn. 90s. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. she was like, but she was like MILF hot. In the nineties, yeah. you know, she was she started to get get that range, you know. Well, I Still thought hot. she was milf hot in the eighties when I was a kid. I just like that was a, a sexier, older lady. You know, honestly, I, I, maybe I couldn't tell. I just thought she was just hot. Maybe she now that I look back at it, maybe she was like older, hot in the eighties. But yeah, and, and that's why I was like, I was like, she was only like to me, like she was only eighty something when I was like, wow, because I thought she was a lot because like I she's been around since I was a little kid. Yeah, you know? so she must have just so. been like really young in the sixties when she was. Therefore, her to be 80-something. Um, like I said, what movies did I see her in? The movie that I saw her in uh, was, okay, you ever heard of Mother Jugs and Speed? Yeah. You heard of Mother Jugs and Speed? <laughs> was that okay, with Bill that Cosby? The, that's the one with Bill Cosby. I know <laughs> Bill Cosby is in the band panel also, but yeah, we're going to bring out Bill Cosby. So like I said, it was a movie with not only Bill Cosby, but Harvey, Harvey Keitel okay. was in it also. So they were like three. So Bill Cosby was mother because he was like the head person uh Kytel was speed because he was the person that was like the and they were like a base like an ambulance paralink driver and Raquel Welch was jugs because because of course because of, because yeah yeah <laughs> so you expect that so that's what she was in the movie what other movie that I see another movie I saw her in okay do you remember the movie Be Dazzled okay so mm-hmm. everybody remembers the Brandon Frazier Be Dazzled movie with her with him and uh Elizabeth whatever Hurley or whatever everybody remembers that but what oh, they yeah, don't yeah. know is that yeah Be Dazzled was a remake it was a 60s remake it, it was with uh arthur dudley dudley more dudley moore with oh, him arthur dudley. <laughs> arthur dudley he dudley moore played, played arthur, arthur. yeah he, he played, played arthur i get it confused you know <laughs> but the thing was raquel was in the movie 
and she played like lust or sin or something. Anyway, she was hot. That's how you know she was hot in the movie. So you're sitting there watching it. And, like, and that oh. was what? Oh, that was the first. That was in the original. That that was the original. She was oh, in okay. there. She played, you know, like lust or something like that. Because you know there was like the seven sins. He had to go like the seven sins or something like that. Awesome movie. Go watch that. Both be dazzle movies are awesome. You know. So yes, I'm showing my cinephile side on this show. I like that. <laughs> I remember seeing her in some western where. That's what I was about to say. That yeah. western. It was yes. She and she was the lead in the western. So you could make an argument that Raquel Witch was, was Hollywood's first female action hero. Because that was like 71 when she was in that movie. It was yeah, like she, a... Yeah, yeah, I remember she was like like some dude taught her how to shoot and she went to go get revenge on somebody. Yeah, and matter of fact, yeah. Quentin Tarantino said that was his inspiration for Kill Bill. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, because like I said, he's a, he's a cinephile also, so of course, you know. So, yeah, yeah just want to say, I, I think that's all we can... Oh, one more thing I want to say about Raquel Welch. Okay. So Raquel Welch is her stage name. Uh, for those who don't know, she actually has a Bolivian father. So she's actually Hispanic. But of course, you know, she had to downplay that side because like I said, Hollywood's going to Hollywood, you know. So she can't, because if she plays that type of role, you know, she's going to be stuck with anything like the, you know, the feisty Spanish, you know, type player. So she wasn't doing that. So, but later on in the role, she did start coming out more saying that she started to embrace more of a Latina her- heritage. Oh, so is there real lame like you know Rachel Gonzalez or some shit? It's like Tejada or something like that. I gotta Google it, something like that. But yeah. it's like Raquel, like Joe Raquel, something. Like her last name is like Hispanic or something like that. But I can't remember what it is top of my head. I wrote it down, but you know we don't do research for the show. So yeah. <laughs> but just let you know that yes, yeah, she is Hispanic, and the older she got, the more she started embracing her role. Like I think I saw one show where it was like Ed- Edward James almost was the star. And she was like playing the grandma or some shit. Like it was like nothing but Hispanics on the show, like a Spanish show. Hmm. So yeah, so it was pretty, but it was like later on, like in the 2000s, like that. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, just want to say rest in peace to, you know, Raquel Welch, you know. Yeah, good uh, journey. Yeah, what else we got? And another one right before we record, also this happened today. I want to talk about rest in peace to Richard Belzer, you know. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know that much about Richard Belzer. Uh, I do know that he was on... Uh, Law and Order. Law and Order, yeah. But like I said, they had like 150 billion episodes of Law and Order. So don't ask me which episode he was on. I don't know. He was uh, in Scarface. I was about to say that. That's the, oh, no, yeah. that's the role I know him for in the Scarface. <laughs> for those, yes. For those who don't know, he was the comedian in that club that Scarface. Like I said, I've seen Scarface. Get shot up by the Rodriguez brothers. Uh, uh, the Diaz brothers. Oh, the Diaz brothers. <laughs> the Diaz brothers, yeah. Who am I thinking? I, I, I'm I thinking of Repo so, Man. The Rodriguez brothers. You're thinking of Repo Man. Repo I used to watch the movie so much, I remember the name of the club. The Diaz but, brothers, yeah. The Diaz brothers. Because he got ambushed because he was telling so many jokes, you know, that uh, Tony got distracted. He wasn't paying attention. Plus, he was high on coke and drunk anyway. So, yeah, that's another reason why he That's got where it. they were going, rush, rush to the yeah, yeah. Hey, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, that's that's pretty much all I know about Richard Bills. I don't know that much. Anything else? I, just, I knew he was a comedian in the 80s. That's all I know. So, yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I hate to say this. I thought he was already dead. I thought he died. <laughs> like, I, I thought he died, like, back in the 90s. I'm serious. I thought he was. I thought I remember hearing something about that, you know. I remember, but, well, no, there was an X-Files up. I used to watch a lot of X-Files. Mm-hmm. And there was like a crossover episode where uh, Mulder and Scully meet his character from Law and Order. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. Yeah. Geeky shit. Interesting. So they all uh, exist in the same world. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh wow. Have you heard about the the uh the Westfall theory? No. We're not gonna talk about it this episode. That is too deep. It is too philosophical. We will dig into the Westfall theory in, a, in a, another episode. Just put a pin in that. We'll talk about it later on. Uh, right. Yeah. But uh <laughs> I that's never even heard got. of that shit. <laughs> oh, it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> Me right. and Gomer had like a like had a thread on on Facebook one time. It was like 30 comments or some shit like that. We just talk about it all day. So yeah, it is deep. Uh yeah, but anyway, let's go deeper into it. So now we're gonna talk about I saw a movie. You so. did see a movie. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, Eli. If you saw this movie, I would have been shocked. Me like, what? What? No. If I would have, <laughs> I honestly, I, I honestly forgot it was coming out this week. And you know oh, what? I, I I did it on purpose not to remind you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's out this weekend. Um, I'm gonna oh, just damn. live and let live. If even I get to it, he get to it. If he don't, he don't get to it. Whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, either way, I saw the movie. Movie we're gonna talk about is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. That's the movie we're gonna talk about. Uh, but before we get to that, we are going to bring back an old classic. Uh, so oh, before I, let me throw that up there. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ant-Man and Wasp Quantum Man. I'm going to get into a review. But before we get into it, we're going to get about the hoopla and the hoot nanny surrounding this movie. So, Eli, let's get into it. Give me, We're going to bring back an old classic. Give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? That Disney movie. That Disney movie, a Disney movie, it may be all the Disney movies, like the top 10 may be all Disney movies, but anyway, yeah, let's bring it Avatar up. and that a Disney movie too. <laughs> Avatar is a Disney movie, so let's see. We got oh, well, Magic Mike is not a Disney movie, so okay, so the only the top two are Disney movies. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania did in this in this first weekend 104 million. That is the biggest Ant Man movie, that is the biggest debut of any Ant Man movie. The first oh. one did 57. The second one did 75, this did 104. So this is like by far. Not only that, in the first weekend, Ant-Man and Wasp is already at 357 million. Keep in mind, Black Adam in its entire run did 400. <laughs> so it almost beat Black Adam in his first weekend. You know. Uh, DC. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just bringing up to But the thing is that there was some discourse before this movie came out because, you know, people even though the movie did all this number. So the movie is a hit. It's just bottom line. It's a hit, you know, whatever you want to say about it. But before the movie came out, there was some discourse about it. People were upset. People were arguing online because Rotten Tomatoes reared his ugly head again. And we got this. Now, first when the movie dropped down, so it said 47. So it is tied for the lowest score of any MCU movie uh, ever. Eli, what is the movie is tied with? I want to see if you can guess. Um, I will say, hmm, I'm gonna say Captain Marvel. Nope, there's a movie uh, lower than Captain Love, Marvel. Love and Thunder. Nope, movie lo lower than Love and Thunder. Uh, you probably have already forgotten it. Uh, Dark World. <laughs> nope, <laughs> movie lower than Dark World. That's I'm, I'm three saying, guesses. <laughs> that's three guesses. I'm gonna just tell you because I'm pretty sure you have already just deleted this movie out of your mind. You, if what I said, you'd be like, oh, that's a movie, yeah. Eternals. Oh, yeah, I did not see that. <laughs> exactly. So that so that and Eternals <laughs> are the lowest ranked movies in MC on Rotten Tomatoes. But that had an Oscar winning director on that. What the fuck? Exactly. But she won it before she got to Marvel, so that didn't count. You know? <laughs> uh, but the thing about that is that if you look at the audience score, the audience score is at 84%. So there's some kind of disconnect going on right there. The audience is saying one thing, the the internet and the Rotten Tomatoes saying one thing. So who's right? Who agree? You know my opinion of it? Nobody's right and everybody's right. 
watch the movie, see for yourself. If you like it, it's cool. If it's not, that's cool also. But that's an easy answer. Everybody says that. That's the 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 play safe, ride the fence answer. What's the real answer? What makes a good movie? I'm going to tell you what makes a good movie. And this goes across the board for any movie. Don't pay attention titties. to the first week. Titties. Exactly. That's a- <laughs> T- love titties. Uh, <laughs> where were we? Any movie with Raquel Welch in it, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That is that is a hit movie. That's a hit movie with Raquel. We just stick Raquel Welch in it, you're good. You know. Uh, no. The what I my opinion. What makes a good movie and a bad movie, or what makes a widely accepted movie? Not the first week, the second week. Pay attention to how big the drop off is in the second week of a movie. So if it's oh, a good movie, I thought you were gonna he, give me some artistic merit, like no, 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 because that's all that's all subjective. That's all subjective. No, so we can't go by artistic method because it's all oh, subjective. Shit, but no, but we, we're just saying second week. Pay attention to second week. So if people like the movie and they recommend it, they'll send people to the second week. Because you can't go by the first week because it's all hype. It's all new. Everybody want to see the brand new shiny thing. That's nothing. Nobody cares about that. The second week is what matters because. Uh, second week, even if it's a low rank movie, if it's a low rank movie and has a good second week, a lot of times they'll shoot up like any anywhere, everywhere, all the way at once. Had a better second week than they had the first week. Did Venom make like almost a billion dollars? Yeah, but nobody went and saw it the first second week. They just saw the first week. It's like that means that movie's awesome. Right, right. right. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't go by it. You can't. The <laughs> second week, just the second week. That's how you tell. Everything else is fluff. Everything else is smoke and mirrors. <laughs> so that's how you pay attention. So just. Just pay attention to what I say. Look at so, like look. Leroy. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna go back and see the, the new Ant-Man movie next week? That's what we're gonna get into. Okay, I will <laughs> let you know. I will let you know. Because <laughs> now I'm gonna actually get into the review. Let's just jump into it. Let's talk about. Oh, how about so this? What? Should mm-hmm. I go see it this week? <laughs> you think Ant-Man is the worst movie of all time? So that, that's why I knew you well, were gonna I watch mean, the movie. I, I would go see it for Kang. You know. I don't know why Kang is in an Ant-Man movie. Right, in an Ant-Man movie. That's like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> like, you know, you'd figure, you know, they'd rip, you know, pull out Fantastic Four or some okay. shit. Honest, and, honest answer. Honestly, I'm going to give you a straight up answer. Eli, should you go see this movie? No, you shouldn't. Okay. There you go. <laughs> why? Um, Oh, okay. Maybe I will now. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. That's why. That's why we are where we are right now with Rotten Tomatoes. They see this is what happened. They saw the audience score. They saw the Rotten Tomatoes score forty percent. So now you got people up in arms. I'm gonna go see the movie for myself, and that's why you got people review bombing the upward waves. That's what they do because they gotta defend Marvel's honor or some shit. Like it's a damn some distress. Like it's not really. But you know, oh, so if I went and saw it this week and it was shitty, you thought I would blame you for it? I know you would. <laughs> Leroy told me to see this fucking shit. I've had people blame me for moving for man, go see this movie. Man, this movie is awesome. They this said movie it, and they, Fuck this you, movie sucks. <laughs> I, I recommended No Way Home to somebody. Go see No Way Home is open. They said the movie sucked. What the fuck? Well, they're stupid, yes, whoever they are. Is that right, I'm not gonna. Awesome. I'm not gonna name names. They know who they are, you know. And then was blame it Gomer? Me for it. Was it Gomer? It wasn't Gomer. <laughs> but that's what. That's how we get to. We just like, and then they look at you too. Anytime you recommend something shitty to people, they look at you. Oh, you have shitty taste because you recommended No Way Home. Like, like really? Okay. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. Yeah. So that's why I, I know. So I'll recommend a movie, but I gotta. I, when I recommend movies, I think about wait, like, hey, what do I like? And what do I think other people will like? So I, I do compartmentalize, you know. Okay. I'm not going to recommend Sucker Punch to people, you know. So that's I, I wouldn't either. 
<laughs> and there were titties in that movie too. And it was right. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get to it. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Ant Man. Okay, Ant Man and Wasp. Okay, so what do I think about this movie? What do I think about this movie? So, bottom line, this movie, like I said, one reason I think this movie is making so much money, just hand over fist, because it has two things that pretty much universally everybody loves. First off, Paul Rudd. He's like the most. He's like white people's favorite person. Is he a movie star? No, he's not a movie star, but it's Marvel, so it doesn't matter. You know. I thought it was going to be Return of the Movie Star, man. No, 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 no. This oh, well, is Marvel. Fuck it. So... Marvel's killing the movie stars, then. <laughs> well, see, I'm glad you said that because Anna Armas, whatever she said, she says Twitter is killing the movie star. So... Is she in this movie? No, no, she's not. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> and no, no, neither was she advertised. I'm just saying. I but almost she said... thought that now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the funny thing about like any person that was in the old ant-man movies that don't have ant-man powers they're gone they're not in this movie so this is like the most un-ant-man ant-man movie that feels like this is like completely different movie so it doesn't even feel like an ant-man movie so what's his name the what's his Pena? what's that guy's name uh which one the the mexican guy who who told the stories and shit not in it at all not in it at all uh i know know, michael Pena, but yeah yeah michael not in it ti not in it he's canceled anyway larry fishburne in it maybe not in it. Nope. The hell. Even and he has ant powers. And not yeah, in it. I was like, what the hell? I thought he was giant. Oh yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, completely different movie. But anyway, jump into it. Um, like I said, at, at the beginning of it, like the, the chunk of this movie is pretty much like okay. So you got a lot of people comparing this movie to Star Wars. It's not okay. Star Wars. It's like which it's Star Wars? No, no shitty just, Star Wars or a good Star. Just Star Wars, just Star Wars in general, just the world, the franchise in general. But the thing is, it's not ripping off Star Wars. It's ripping off the stuff that Star Wars ripped off. So even though it's not Star Wars, it's actually Flash Gordon. It's Buck Rogers. It's John Carter from Mars. That's what they're aiming for. You know, even Avatar to a point, it does feel like Avatar because they're trying to sell you on the quantum realm. They want you to be immersed in the quantum realm that's what they're going for uh but here's the problem i was not immersed in the quantum realm the quantum realm just looked like shit i'm sorry it did <laughs> look like it loki, just looked like loki realm the loki realm and the thing is the quantum realm had no personality because that's the thing the movie really wants to sell you on the quantum realm and it wants you to believe that the quantum realm had personality but it had no personality it just felt like random shit no random reason you got robots with bug people with jello people and they're flying on caterpillars while the world just looks whatever. Like, the world didn't look interesting. That's the thing about it. It's it like like any planet on Guardians of the Galaxy has more personality than the Quantum Realm. And they want to really sell you on the Quantum Realm. That's why I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not into it. And the thing is, like, 98% of this movie is CGI. It's all CGI. I'm not saying it's bad looking CGI, but when it's nothing but CGI, you can feel that it's just actors on green screen. Like, if you tell me there was anything in here that was actually a real movie set, I wouldn't believe you. I, I would not believe you on that. Everything feels like CGI in this movie. Like, a lot of people compare this movie to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I can't <laughs> knock them for it. I mean, it, it felt like that the whole time. It just felt did like you see it in 3D? Green. I did see it. Not only did I see it in 3D, I saw it in D-Box. So when that, all the weird shit was going on and, and Ant-Man was growing and shrinking and shit like that, like the seat was rumbling and stuff like that. Oh, like, really? Okay. It vibrated yeah. and it smelled and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff like that, you know. Squirted so it was, face. Yeah, it was cool for the first 30 minutes 
<laughs> two hours of rocking and all this shit like that. Like, okay, turn this shit off, you know. <laughs> but I paid money, so I'm gonna keep going with it. So that's my thing about it. So uh you got this weird flash going realm, and, and it's the it's the same story. I'm gonna give you the plot of the story. And people saying the plot was complicated. The plot was not complicated. It's the plot of every sci-fi movie ever. Dude goes to a, a weird sci-fi weird planet. Uh, he teams up with freedom fighters. They have to take down an evil emperor that is talking to them. And of course, you know the evil emperor is the evil conqueror, Kane the Conqueror. So they just got to take down Kane the Conqueror. That's the plot. That's that's it. People saying it's complicated. That's every sci-fi movie ever. So Kang was in the quantum realm? Yes, that's the whole point of it. So the point of it is, uh, okay, so the movie... That's the thing about it. Like Paul Rudd isn't even really the movie isn't even really really about him. The movie is about Michelle Pfeiffer because she was stuck in the quantum realm. And basically she tells what she was doing in the quantum realm. What she was doing in the quantum realm is that she was helping Kang build like his weird ass time chair and some shit. But she found out what he was really trying to do. It's like she thought he, he was a good guy at first. Then she realized he was a piece of shit. So <laughs> she did. Yeah. So she destroyed the thing that makes the time chair, you know, go. And then she was like running away from for like years and years and years. So when she comes back to the quantum realm, so so basically Kang is trapped in the quantum realm. He can't get out. So instead of getting out, he's like, well, fuck it, I'm just conquer the quantum realm. So he just conquers it. So everybody is like under his bidding right now. And when they come back to the quantum realm, like Jan, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Paul Rudd and Hank with him and all this stuff like that, he's like, oh, so now y'all can help me build my time machine so I can get out so, and multiverse. Okay. So is Kang in this movie? Like, has he already been time traveling before this shit? Yes. Okay. It's it's complicated. Okay. Yes, he has, and, and he was actually banished to the quantum realm. That's the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm supposed to. Okay, so he was banished to the quantum realm by the by the, by the Council of Kings. Oh, by the count. Oh, okay. The Council of Kings. That's spoiler alert. That's that the sounds- that's the uh yeah that's the 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 special ending. I don't have a picture of it right now, but I'm gonna see if I can show it right oh, now. Oh, is that like the like the after credits or some shit? The after credits scene, yeah, it's the Council of Kings. Uh, let me see if I can see it. Nope, not right there. No I get to that in a second. You're right, right here. Yeah. Okay, so they basically recreate sort of that panel at, in the last credit scene. Okay. You know? So yeah, so basically they're saying that this Kang was banished by the Council of Kings because they considered him like the the piece of shit Kang the that shitty like Kang. shitty Kang. So they just threw him in the in the time realm to get rid of him. You know, so he's stuck there. And he's trying to use, and he need pin particles to fix his ship so he can get out and, and kill all the other kings. And the MacGuffin, okay. Exactly. That's the every so every that, every movie's got it. So that's why this is an Ant Man movie. That's why it's an Ant Man movie. Yeah, because <laughs> but, but because the thing is, when Jan, when uh Michelle Pfeiffer was down there, she used pin particles to destroy the engine that she needed. So in order for him to fix the engine, he needs pin particles to fix it back. So is this based on any comic book? No, at all? no. Here's the here's the funny thing about it. There is no Ant-Man comic where he goes to a, a, a miniature universe and teams up with Freedom Fighters to conquer, uh, to beat an empire. But there is another comic that does that. The Atom. Oh. The Atom had a comic back in the 80s where he went to a miniature society and had a team of Freedom Fighters and fell in love with a princess and conquered the universe and all the shit I was like going to say, like, Warriors. Fantastic Four, like the Negative Zone and Annihilus. This feels more shit. like a Fantastic Four yeah, story. Like, than yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Annihilus and also like that, yeah. it feels more like that. But they don't have the rights for them yet, or still working on it, so they can't do that. So they just do. They got the right to Fantastic Four yet? Well, I mean, they do, but I mean, they still working on that where Ant Man is up and running, you know. So, but yeah, this feels more like a Fantastic Four story than it does an Ant Man story because Ant Man doesn't deal with shit like this, you know. But he's dealing with it. But the thing is, it really isn't a Ant Man movie. 
it's an ant family movie. So it's not like Paul Rudd is just carrying this movie by himself. It's all the ant people there. Uh, Hank Pym's in it as much as him. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is probably in it more than him. His daughter is in here now. You know, um, who else? I'm missing somebody. Wasp. Wasp is like has less screen time than anybody in the movie, even though the movie is called Ant Man and Wasp. <laughs> and I'm wondering, yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering, did they have anything to do with the anti-vax shit she was on? You oh know? yeah. Because anytime she shows up, she's wearing a mask. You know, she's in wearing the the wasp shit. And I'm like, did they fire her or some shit? Like, it, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Well, they didn't fire Shuri, right? And she was on that shit too. Well, she they couldn't fire Shuri because she's like, you know, the main p- person in the movie. Meanwhile, Ant Man the Wasp, Wasp ain't the main person in the movie. They just do other people. I suppose. So you got all the other ant people running around and helping out. She's like, so so it's really like. Kang versus the Ant family, not versus Ant Man. He's pretty much fighting all of them, which know. could have been like the Fantastic Four, basically. Which could have been the Fantastic Four, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Just so that's the thing, because like I said, because Ant Man is he's too strong for Ant Man, but they find a way for they. I, I, I'll be honest with you, they make a convincing way for Ant Man to be because Ant Man does beat him at the end, okay. you know. But they, but that makes sense behind not him. going up his ass though. <laughs> no, but. Because Kang would have saw that coming. He would have saw a future that oh, where he went up yeah. in his ass. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume, you know. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, so, but that's the thing. Like I said, when I was watching the movie, and like I said, the Quantum Realm didn't give a shit about was checking out Freedom Fighters. They would like random Jello people and robot people. Didn't give a fuck about them. I didn't care if Kang killed them or not, you know. But, and so I was actually checking out of the movie. Then I was like, this movie ain't working for me until. Your boy showed up, Jonathan Majors. When he showed up, the movie took off. The movie was like, oh, okay, I'm interested. You know, okay, cool. So <laughs> he he single-handedly saved this movie. He made this movie watchable. Without him, this movie would be like, I can't sit through this shit. I'm well, he's bored. pretty much the only reason why I would see it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, like, because when he comes into the movie, he comes into the movie about the second act, and the plot pretty much revolves around him the rest of the time. So the movie gets interesting after that, you know. But before he shows up, it's it's a slog to get through this movie. It's tough to get through this movie because Bill Murray shows up. He's killed off in like five seconds. Nobody gives a fuck. It's just another quick cameo, you know. Um, they Paul Rudd is cracking jokes with Jello people. I'm just like, I don't care. They in this weird, you know, Shark Boy and Lava Boy, you know, CGI place, and the movie ain't working. But when Kang shows up, because the thing is, Kang is threatening in an Ant Man movie. It's like he's in a completely different movie. He completely changes the tone of the movie. You know, like single-handedly. I like it's weird. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's why I was enjoying that. So yes, if you do see the movie, Kang is the only reason to see this movie. But he's worth seeing the movie just for that. So they well, didn't do him like they did uh Christian Bale in Love and Thunder. You know, where okay, you got a good actor, but you kind of like sideline him. No, they they do him justice in this movie. So well, it'll be on Bill. Disney and like. A month or two. So. Yeah, yeah, you you watch it then. So you ain't got to go out and see it. You can you can wait. But I'm just saying, if you do watch it, Kang is enough reason to to be enough times for at least one watch. You know. Okay. So uh, now, but I wasn't excited for Kang. Kang was the reason I wanted to see this movie. The villain I was excited for was Modok. <laughs> That's the reason I want to see the movie. <laughs> so so I my forgot thing, he was in this. Yeah. Yeah, people a lot of uh, a lot of people forget Modok in this. So Modok is kind of like uh. Kang's number one henchman or some shit like that, you know, his star screen. That's pretty much what Modoc is in the movie, you know. Um, but if we don't know what how why is Modoc in this movie, Again, they, why is Modoc in an Ant Man? 
they just threw him in there. He's just there because in the comics, Modok is like the head of AIM, AIM, the terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. This is not that. They completely uh, retcon or redid Modok's origin in here. He has nothing to do with that. He's basically that dude from the first movie that got trapped in the quantum realm. He's him. Okay. Yellow, yellow jacket. He's him. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, him. he's Modok. He's Modok. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when he went to the quantum realm, he got all fucked up. Kane rebuilt him and be- and put him in the Modok. Now here's the thing about it. Now a lot of people are trash the movie because the way Modok looks. Modok looks stupid. Modok looks goofy. Modok's supposed to look more threatening. Modok's supposed to look no. Modok looks perfect. That's what Modok's <laughs> supposed to look like. If you can't, you can't make modok look threatening you can't bring modok to real life if you do that you fail modok is a goofy looking character he's always been a goofy looking character you try to make him anything but a goofy looking character you have failed so the fact you made him a goofy looking character you succeeded he's supposed to look stupid he's supposed to like humpty dumpty you know <laughs> people saying he doesn't look threatening that's supposed to this is what modok looked like in his first appearance that that's what modok looked like so you you mag because they didn't translate that to live action they, they did exactly what they're supposed to do right there. He like a big baby head with little legs, you know. And the funny thing about it, like, even though a lot of the humor was like hit and miss in this movie, Modoc was the comic relief in this movie. Even though he's a villain, he's kind of relief. So all the jokes that worked revolved around Modoc because he's a big baby head. So, of course, you know, Ant-Man's going to make fun of him, you know. So that's what I like yeah. about that. Um, what else we got? Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I said, the movie worked for me. Kang worked because he was a threatening villain. Modoc worked because he was a stupid villain. Oh, and the third act. The third act. Okay. You know what the third act remind me of? Aquaman. Oh. <laughs> it really, yeah, it was like everything it, just Yeah, it was just everything. It, it was a war. They were like, let's let's do a war. Now I'll be honest with you, it wasn't done as well as Aquaman. So like I said, Aquaman came in right a cracking. You can't beat that. Sorry, you can't. Aquaman just came, I mean, uh Ant-Man just came in just Ant-Man and shit, you know, just like roar you know like godzilla and shit you know that was about it so that was cool but it was a war they was going for at the end so you had like kane's forces going against the freedom fighters and fighting all this shit like that blah 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 so like that like it's cool you know but yeah yes uh and like i said i already told you this thing and this thing end is what the council kane showed up and they showed a, a quick i think clip of loki two, like loki season two that was about it so so what they um, do to kane our- oh okay yeah let me tell you what they did with kane okay here's the thing so Kane, like army, his army got wiped out by the Freedom Fighters, right? So Kane was like, well, fuck it. I'm just coming down and just doing it myself. So Kane came down to the battlefield by himself, fucked up everybody, just like wiped out the Freedom Fighters by himself. I'm like, okay, this shit bad as fuck. So the person who beat him was Hank Pym. <laughs> because since they're in the quantum realm and they got all these ants, so, you know, ants like little, right? But in the quantum realm, the ants are big. And the ants are like super smart now, so he don't even need to like do like technology to talk to him. He can just talk to him. So while Kank Pam like went off and did his own shit looking for more ants like that, and they fighting Kang and fucked up, he showed up at the very end and like shoved like a million ants like at at Kang, just like fucked them up. So it was like nothing Kang can do. And uh, so what they did is that they fucked up all Kang's technology. So he just had a regular fist fight with Ant Man. Cause for people that don't know this, don't know anything about Kang. Kang is just a dude. He's just a human. He doesn't have super strength, none of shit like that. He just got technology. So when he technology goes away, he's just a dude. So you got Jonathan Majors versus Paul Rudd. You see how that fight goes. He pretty much beat the shit out of Paul Rudd, which I honestly, I was, that was the most enjoyable part of the movie for me. 
just watching Kane just kick the <laughs> shit out. He was stomping the shit out of Ant-Man. I would laugh my ass off. But then Wash came in and kind of like helped helped him out, saved them, and blast him away. And he fell into his like engine that was gonna do the time shit and disintegrate himself, whatever, you know. Dead. He's out of there. Okay. And then they go back to the real world and roll credits. So yeah. That's the movie. So yeah. So that's the thing. So they they try to build it up like it's supposed to like turn the multiverse on his head like that. But at the end of the day, this movie is really like a self-contained story. It's really just a one and done story. Like you don't really gotta watch anything after that. You ain't gotta watch Loki season two. You ain't gotta watch any of the Ant Man. You just watch this movie by itself and you're fine. All you need to know is that it's a bunch of shrinking people. That's it. So yeah. So that's what I think about the movie. Uh, I know people are going crazy over like, oh, it shits on Love and Thunder and those are like that because it, they're prison at the moment. Anything, any, the newest thing of anything is always the best thing. What do I think about this movie? It was serviceable. It was okay. I had fun with it. It's fun for the time it was, you know. Uh, it wasn't is it like better than Black Adam, though. No, I'm glad you said it because I was just about <laughs> to say it. It was not better than Black Adam to me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, I know I have an unpopular opinion about that. Other people are going to say, what are you talking about? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, which one to have fun in more? Did I have fun in more? Anime and the Black Adam or Black Adam is better? Do I think this is better than Love and Thunder? Well, honestly, it about wasn't what. I know other people about, you know, debating and stuff like that, but I didn't hate Love and Thunder. It was fine. I didn't love it. Yeah, I didn't hate it either. I, thought I didn't hate fun. it. I didn't love it. It was, it was okay. And I think Ant-Man is on the same level as that. It's about that level. Yeah. What else? Came? Oh, Black Panther. Black Panther. Put it better than Black Panther. So, yeah. It's not, it's uh, Doctor Strange, not better than Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, Doctor Strange, yeah, not better than that. Yeah, even though I know a lot of people, yeah, I know a lot of people hate Doctor Strange. I put it on is that it's not on the level of Love of Thunder and and Ant Man 3, you know. So, like I said, service a movie, cool. Only uh, Jonathan Majors single handedly saved this movie, otherwise, I would not recommend it at all. Because he is in it, I would recommend it, you know, as an entertaining watch. If you catch a Tuesday matinee, go for it, catch a Disney Plus, go for it, you know, you, you can't lose, but don't expect. In game, this ain't Ant Man. In game, this ain't that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, overall, my score, my score in this movie, three out of five. That's it. Wow. Solid score. So, sounds, don't hate it. Don't sounds love okay. It. It's okay. That's that's it. Because I know the the internet is binary. Everything is ones and zeros. It's either the best thing ever, or it's the worst thing ever. There is no no middle ground. I'm sorry. This is this is Ant Man. All the Ant Man movies are are this, you know. So yeah, that's, that's why you're saying I probably won't. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like i can't like if it if i wish i could recommend i wish it was like the movie like this the movie's gonna sell you on ant-man eli no no just it's not that (laughs) i i I can't i can't sell you those false dreams you know (laughs) so it's there but like i said you'll watch you probably be like yeah it's okay you know i don't don't think you'll hate this movie that's all i'm saying i don't think you'll hate this movie watch i mean i always thought kang was an okay villain you know this Um, is the best representation of kang they've had so far and i and i and in my opinion I don't think Marvel's going to be able to top this version of Kang, even with Jonathan Majors, because I think they're going to try to change up Kang. And since they introduced the Council of Kings and all this shit like that, that's when Kang starts to get annoying when they start announcing all that shit. Yeah, because the Council of Kings, yeah, that's trust me. You think you want that? You don't want that. Or no? Isn't there like a an Avenger version of himself or something? Or like when he's younger or something? Yeah, yeah, he was like Iron Lad, Iron Iron Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, and, and I get it. People are going crazy over because they love Jonathan Majors and Kang is not a black villain, but he it, he is but isn't. So that's the thing. I want to get to the whole race change and thing about Kang. Like, is Kang like a race change character? He is, but he isn't. Because the thing is with Kang is that he's a multiversal villain, so he can kind of be anything. You know, 
uh like Kang in the comics at the time was a woman. You know, he was a woman that seduced one of the Avengers, and that's how he infiltrated the well, she infiltrated the team, you know. Uh, but it was Kang, you know, but they didn't know it was Kang because it was a woman. So you can do all kinds of story with that. So you want to have a, a Marvel wants to write the story where Jonathan Majors, you know, is in drag, you know, dressed up as a woman, you know, seduces Hulk, you know, to infiltrate the team. They can do that. It's in the comics. Go for it. Have at it. Oh, so, they would people be so pissed. They'd be that would be so, that's why Marvel would do it. Because it would, it would sell. <laughs> if you say anything about Jonathan Majors making out with the Hulk, then you're sexist <laughs> and racist. <laughs> you're the problem. Yeah. Oh shit. So that's all I gotta say about that. So yeah, we can move on past that. Uh stick with Marvel. We're gonna we're gonna stick with Marvel because there's some other Marvel stuff gonna go on before we move on. Uh we wanna talk about the Marvels. Did I do it? Oh, yeah. did, did they drop a trailer? They did not drop a trailer. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why they didn't drop a trailer. The reason they didn't drop a trailer is because the movie's actually been pushed back. The movie's been pushed back to November 10th. Oh. So at first it was announced for July 6th, but they pushed it back. So I guess they got too many, too much stuff going on in the summer. So, so they decided to push it back. So yeah. So Comic-Con, they'll probably drop a trailer. They'll probably drop a trailer in Comic-Con, set it up for November. So that's what it'll be, you know. If it's going to be November, I guess they think it's, I guess they have faith in this movie like that. I love this poster, to be honest with you. You know, Monica Rambeau, Carol Danvers, and Miss Marvel at the bottom. Like, Miss Marvel at the bottom, if you zoom in on her, she's like looking up at them like, you bitches know I can't fly. <laughs> that's what I feel like she's saying, you know. And so that's, that's why I like the poster. So I'm just ready for the trailer to come out because I know when the trailer comes out, the internet is going to burn itself it's to the ground. It's going to be a shitstorm. It's going to be a shitstorm. It's going to be just, <laughs> just insane. Just <laughs> that's why I can't wait. That's why I like, please drop when Ant Man comes out. But it, they didn't give it to me. So yeah, don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> the shitstorm is coming. <laughs> oh shit! What is we got to talk about? I think yeah. I think that's it. That I'm, I'm done. We can move on to the next part of the podcast. Okay. I was going to talk about Street Fighter, but we banned Street Fighter. So yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, but shout out to Men RD. That's all I'm gonna say. Shout out to Men RD. He did win yeah. Capcom Cup. It, it ended while we were recording. I, I was actually looking while I was reviewing. Well, game. I could have talked about Wu Tang, but I don't want to spoil anything. So. It's real life, and plus, we <laughs> anyway. We, 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 <laughs> let me let me get caught up. <laughs> it's kind of like when uh, the NWA movie, and they were told people that the end, Easy E died. They're like, hey, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, like to move on to the next part of podcast. Like I said, it's comic book bullies where we talk about comic books, and we're gonna jump into it. Eli, I've been talking a lot, and I know you don't have a lot of books, but I'm. A, I, you told me that you said you had a bunch of books. I did have a bunch of books, but uh, let, let me. I gotta take a break, man. Okay, <laughs> I can't be talking. Let me drink some water, some shit. You know? All right. Well, I only read two books, so. <laughs> I, <laughs> stretch, stretch it out as much as you can. This is the Leroy show. I was. I, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I'll I'll do the big book or my big book of the week. Okay. Swamp Thing, Green Hell, number two. It's like been over a year since the first one. You know what? Out. It's on it's on DC Universe. I should have got caught up. I can yeah. still get caught up. Yeah. You, you still can. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is a black label book. So it's an Elseworlds story. It's not in you know, current canon. Um, this is Jeff Lemire and Doug Monkey. Mankey? I don't know how to spell it. How to say it. Monk? Monk, Monk, maybe. Monk. Mank. I heard he got sick, and I guess that's why it was delayed so long. Okay. So, so um, yeah. But this is, uh, like I said, it's an Elseworld story. It's um, basically, it's a future world where the world, uh, 
the earth is covered in water. It's water world. Climate change flooded the earth. The last remaining uh, remnants of humanity are like scattered on these islands. So, and so this is not in continuity. No, no, it's some okay, future right. else world. Um, and the green, the rot, and the red basically said, "Okay, we should start the world over. Let's get rid of the rest of the humans and just start the world over." So they um, come up with an avatar to get rid of humanity, um, some monster to start killing all the people, um, and then. Uh, going off the first issue. This is the first issue I'm talking about. Um, a couple of survivors, this old man and his granddaughter, they go find Constantine. Uh, Constantine uh, resurrects Alec Holland. Alec Holland has been dead. Right. So, uh, so he resurrects him, says, hey, you know, you need to fight back. We need you. We need, we need, a, we need a swamp thing to fight this monster, you know. Um, of course, Alec Holland's like, fuck you, you asshole. <laughs> I was at peace. He hates Constantine, you know, all that shit. So, no, we, we need you. So that brings us to this, um, this issue. Uh, Alec Swamp Thing starts fighting this monster and shit. Um, he's getting fucked up. Um, at one point, he goes, he travels into the green and talks to the parliament of the trees. And says, Alec yo. Holland? Okay, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yo, what the hell? Um, uh, we got to stop this. We got to save humanity. And the, the 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 trees are like, nah, man, fuck humanity. They fucked up the earth. They threw everything off balance. We need to get rid of them. And Alec Holland, but there's a ch there's children. There's children. You're gonna kill a bunch of innocent children. You know. So uh, they're like, nope, we don't care. You know, we've we've all decided. The red, the green, the rot. We all decided this is has to happen. And you should know that this. You know. You being a swamp thing should understand this, you know. Um, but but, but Alec Allen isn't the swamp thing though. Well, well he he is he's back again. He, he, basically, you know what what how this how things work. You know how nature works. You know you should understand that things come in cycles. All that philosophical swamp thing metaphysical shit. You know what I mean? You should mm -hmm. know. You know, but Alec is like, no, we we should save humanity, and I'm gonna fight you if you don't. If you don't stop what you're doing, I'm gonna fight you. And the power parliament trees are okay. If you if you if you're not with us, then fuck you. We're stripping you of your powers. So you're no longer an avatar of the green. You got no more powers. That's your last body. So Swamp Thing is just in his that that's it. If he dies, he dies. You know, he doesn't have the power of the green anymore. And then he has to fight these monsters. Um, so Constantine meets up with like does his astral plane shit, meets up with Dead Man and says, Oh, we gotta go get her. You know, we, we gotta get, go help get, swap oh, the get who? Get who, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was gonna be Zatanna. I was thinking Abby Arcane or something, but yeah. No, Abby Arcane and his daughter are in um some spirit realm. So that was the deal he made with the Parliament of Trees. He Alec Holland dies. And then their souls, Abby and his daughter's soul, went to that wherever part of the green, like Alec Holland was able to stay with his the souls of Abby and his daughter. So that's where okay. they are. So it ain't Abby. I thought it was gonna be Zatanna, but no, it's Maxine, Animal Man's daughter. Oh, that's a uh, deep cut. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, but she's part of the red, isn't she? She's the avatar of the red. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. If anybody, if this call, this calls, cause Jeff Lemire wrote animal man back like a while back. So I think that's what this is continuing. It, Cause he's, anybody decides to pick up this book. If you have any questions, please message us. We will let you, cause it's green, gray, <laughs> red, blue shit. It's deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically swamp thing is there's these, these, these life force. So what do you want to call it? It's uh they're realms. It's like what controls life. Like the green controls plant life. The red controls like animal life, like blood. Like like blood, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the rot controls the dead things, and they all live in balance. Like everything feeds off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like decaying things, like like fungus, yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, 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 like when something dies, their bodies break down and decay. Which which yeah, fungus. Mm-hmm. And and you know and it, uh, and it all has to maintain a balance. Yeah, yeah, and then it feeds the green, it feeds the rot, or it, the rot feeds the green, which then feeds the red. It's mm-hmm. a circle of life. It's a deep philosophical. And one can't more. be more powerful than the other, where yes. it throws off the balance. Yes, yeah. there's a really cool crossover event that happens a while with. It was like um, where the rot were, Alan Arcane, Alan Arcane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that his name? No. Anton, uh, Anton Anton Arcane, yeah. Anton Arcane became the lead, the the controlled the red or the rot, and he took over the world. And Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Ran. Oh, that was uh shit. What was Frankenstein too? Rot World. Frankenstein. Rot world. Yes, yes. Rot World. That's what it is. Yeah, Rot World. So let's start right. Okay, everybody, we highly recommend Rot World. Please read Rot World. That was yeah. an awesome crossover. Yeah. Frankenstein, Creature Commandos. Yeah. James Gunn is doing Creature Commandos in this new, and he's doing Swamp Thing. I wonder if that's where he's going to borrow from. I don't think he's smart enough to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I, don't think, I see what you're saying because all the pieces are there. All the pieces yeah. are there. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a crossover event where Ant Man, or Ant Man, Animal Man, <laughs> and Swamp Thing basically join forces to fight off. Alan, Alan, po- Poison Ivy joins too. Poison Ivy joins too because she she taps to the green also. So yeah, yeah, and um, and they all fight because the because the rot took over the world and turned everybody into rotten zombie monster things. It's pretty fucking. It's actually a pretty cool event. Um, but anyways, Animal Man has a daughter named Maxine. She was supposed to be an avatar of the red, um, and uh. That's who they. That's who Constantine meets at the end of this book, Animal Man's daughter. So the Red is going to get involved. So, well, actually, they are involved. So she's. I don't know. Did she become? I think in that. I think she gave up being the avatar of the Red. I don't I think, think it's that simple, though. You just can't say I quit. I, yeah, but I. But in that Animal Man run, see, Jeff Lemire wrote the Animal Man run, and I think that's where you know it. it ended with them with her not being the avatar i think i don't know i have okay. to re- reread that shit but um well weird is fucking grant morrison's animal man that shit's weird as fuck <laughs> <laughs> right yes swamp thing some of the best comics you'll ever read it just is. yeah like, um especially that alamo run awesome jeff lemire run awesome it's just it's scott snyder's uh, scott snyder's run it, it makes yeah. you 
Swamp Thing will fuck your head up. They really will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Swamp Thing's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what happens at the end. So, yeah, Swamp Thing is in his his his. He doesn't have the access to the green anymore. He's in his last body. So if he dies, he's dead. Because before he could just like multiply and yeah, he could carry the make yeah, yeah, he could like a a plant. He just yeah, you know. And if he dies, he doesn't go back to the green where his uh, wife and daughter are. So that's fun. So that's going on. And now Constantine, dead man, uh, have found Maxine, animal man's daughter. So that's where that's where it ended. So I was I thought this was awesome. This was I thought the first issue was dope, and it sucked that I had to wait a year for the second issue. But it I, I'm glad it. It it came out and it still is it's still just as cool. I'm really into this. The art is dope. The story is dope. You can tell Jeff Lemire is pulling from his Animal Man run and all that rot world shit. Because he know. wrote Swamp Thing. He wrote he wrote their Fra- Frankenstein. Yeah. Did he? Mm-hmm. Oh shit. See, I should go back yeah. and read that shit. Cre- I, got- I, I read I read the first issue of the Frankenstein of the just to as you did it. The creature commandos are in there. And, yeah, the Frankenstein yeah. and the whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the creature commandos are in there and they've been like new 52'd up. So okay. they change up some shit. So, you know. Yeah, because like Frankenstein and the army of Frankensteins are in that rot world mm-hmm. story. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. That's what I'm saying. I wonder, yeah, that my theory now that it, it's a theory, but, you know, James Gunn it's, might it's, be. It's too, it's too awesome of a theory for James Gunn to get right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying he's doing Swamp Thing. He's doing Creature Commandos. Eli, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> you always writing a better script than what Hollywood is doing. That's but it's already there. I'm not writing it. I know it's there. I know it's there, but they don't see it. That's the thing. <laughs> just saying. He's got Frankenstein. He's got Swamp Thing. He just needs Animal Man. <laughs> That's it. Just make Animal Man. You got it. That's it. He's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah, five out of five. This was dope. Okay, and I got I got to read that first Green Hill. I'm gonna catch up with this. So yeah, yeah. all right. Now it's on me. Okay, like I said, this is still Black History Month, so I'm still doing nothing but black books. That's all. Black superheroes. That's all I'm doing. And like I said, uh, very conspicuously, there's a lot of black superhero books in February. So what's the deal with that? Why haven't they made these books any other time other than now? You know, <laughs> just wondering. You know, uh, but that's a ah, too big. Uh, that's another time for another place. <laughs> it scared me. Yeah. yeah ah. <laughs> we should do that the whole time. Just scare people. Yeah, just scare people the fuck away from here. Anyway, what book am I doing now? So this is a milestone book. Milestone's first crossover. You know that they're doing. Uh, where are we right here? Yes, this is Milestone's first crossover. The name of this crossover is called Worlds Collide. And yes, this is Icon versus Hardware. So this they now everybody in Milestones exists. Static, Hardware, Icon, they all exist. But in this book, they fight. Why are they fighting? Oh, damn it. They because ex- they gotta fight. They gotta fight. That's what they do, you know. But they it's have a good reason. Yeah. yeah, it's a combo because you want to see them fight, you know. <laughs> and they actually have a good reason why they fight in this book. So let's just get to it. Let's just talk about why they fight. So this is Milestone's first crawls of, and this is the beginning of season two of Milestone. So let's get to it. All right. So uh this actually is a big meaty book, but we're not gonna talk about everything. It's just to get caught up with uh rocket she is in switzerland in, at school like the the highest prestige school in there and she's going up against a bunch of mean girls getting books like that but she books back we're not gonna talk about that we don't care let's move on uh what we need to talk about 
is hardware. This book, this issue right here is really about hardware. And he's basically finding out about Rocket and Icon. And he looks at a picture of them. And he realized every single picture he pull, pulls up, their faces are blurred out. So he's like, they must have obviously some futuristic tech that nobody get their hands on. If I get my hands on that tech, then I can blur myself out anyway and make myself invisible to technology. So I need to find him. Let's get my hands on the tech and find out what to do. So instead of me looking for him, why don't I find out? Why don't I just Google him and just find out stuff about him? So he Googles, Googles him and just finds out stuff about him and finds out how everybody's looking for him, but nobody can find him. And then he goes and he pulls up like a, a picture back in the 1800s and he sees a spaceship. And he was like, huh, does that spaceship have something to do with icons? So that's what he thinks about that. Um, and But while he's trying to, you know, doing his reaches or stuff like that, the people that's looking for him send a missile at his base because they found him and it blows base up. So he was like, oh, well, let me just go find out what's going on. Meanwhile, we cut the icon because it's the only part that icon has in the book. Uh, uh, a kid is on a plane, look out the window. It covers his eyes because why icon is about to have sex with his girlfriend in, in, in this guy. Uh, she's like an analog to wonder woman. Basically. I can't remember her name. Zena. Like storm and like thunder roll and shit. Like, in, well, you remember that Frank, the dark Knight book where Superman and, and wonder woman banged in the sky. And after they're done, she was like, I'm pregnant. You know, she like, and like, it was like, it created a bunch of thunderstorms across. Right. The it killed, right. Cause tsunami <laughs> killed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> It's basically oh, like that. I felt the earth move, Clark. <laughs> so basically like that. So yeah, he just with his girlfriend. Uh, and basically she just like, where's Raquel? She needs to come train with me. And he's like, uh, yeah, I don't trust you like that. Like, how do you don't trust me? We just had sex in space. They're like, yeah, I can have sex in space with you, but that don't mean I trust you. You know, so like that. So anyway, uh, more Raquel dealing with me and girls. Not going to go to that. We're just going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway uh hardware finds out well not that he finds out but he looks it up and he realizes that that spaceship that they found back in the 1800s was taken by the union after the civil war and that's the last time anybody heard that spaceship so obviously he knows that if nobody heard of that spaceship it must be in the u.s capitol so he goes to u.s capitol and he knows like an underground passageway to the u.s capitol because basically now i don't know if this is true or not but he's saying that there's like an underground passageway that connects all of the u.s like the dc buildings like the capitol and the white house and everything else like all of us connected so he knows the pathway to get there so he goes there breaks into the place and he knows that if it's there it's got to be in here somewhere so basically this is like the white house's area 51 where they all keep all their weird shit so he uses like his uh radio ray uh his signature to see if he can find like some some uh, anyway he finds a box that's radiating some energy from it he like that box is weird. Something's in the box. So he goes there. But while he goes there, he gets attacked by some killer robots. The robots attack him. He blows missiles at him, kills the robots. And before uh, more security comes in there and gets him, he takes the big box, flies out of there, and that's it. So goes to his, uh, shit, not this again. Who passed that? All right. Goes to his base, and he's trying to unbox the box, and he unboxes the box, but it is not a spaceship. And he sees a diary written by, and the diary was written by Benjamin Banneker. Now, Benjamin Banneker is a real person. He was back around, uh, he actually helped, like, survey and help, like, lay out the land for, you know, Washington, D.C. He was also a clockmaker. He was also an inventor. He was also all kind of things like that. Look him up. Google him. Awesome. Not going to get into it. That's your black history, you know, <laughs> uh, thing for the month. Anyway, he reads his book, and it turns out his book is on time travel. 
So Benjamin Banneker, even though he's a real person, they made it up that he invented time travel like back in the 1800s, but he didn't have the technology at the time to do it. So uh, Hardware took a whole week to read his time travel book. And now he knows how to time travel because he has the technology to do it. So he's like, okay, cool. So he time travels. And when he time travels, a rabbit appears out of nowhere. So he takes the rabbit to do a time travel experiment. And an hour later, he teleports that rabbit into the past, which is how he got the rabbit in the first place. So that's like a time paradox. So he like so he builds that he builds a time machine. Of, uh, yeah. Uh, not get out. What's the other George? Us. Us. Yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah, like a <laughs> yeah. Right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because rabbits, uh, experimental pets, stuff like that. So anyway, he takes the time machine that he he built and makes a miniature version of it and builds inside his suit because now his suit can time travel. So he's like, well, I'm gonna just go into time travel and I'm gonna do. But before I do that. I'm going to go back in the past and stop the Big Bang from happening because everybody died because too many people died from the Big Bang. He's blamed for the Big Bang. So he's like, if I just stop the Big Bang, my life won't be as shit like it is right now. But before I stop the Big Bang, there's something else I got to do first. So he goes into the past with his time machine and he goes in 25 years in the past to his house when he was a kid because the reason he's there, he wants to know why his dad left and never came back. And the reason his dad left is because his mom found out that his dad not only had an affair, but had an outside baby. So he has a brother he never knew about. When his mother found out about it, she kicked him out and told him to never come back. So that's what happened. So this is things that he never knew about, that his dad cheated on his mom, and he has a son, uh, he has a brother he never knew about. So yeah. So he leaves, and he's just like, you know what? I shouldn't do this because I might fuck up the timeline or something like that. But I'm going to follow my dad. So he follows his dad, you know, uh, to like a bar because the dad is drinking and stuff like that. And he just sits down and talks to his dad. Oh, no. Before he gets there, he talked to this guy selling weed. And the guy's like, hey, man, you, you want some shit to take you to the moon? He's like, man, look, are you selling this stuff on the street? All that's going to happen, you're just going to get arrested. And plus, they're going to legalize this stuff in 30 years anyway. So why don't you just stop doing what you're doing right now and just learn about it? And then when it's legal, then sell it. Because you do it right now, you're just going to get arrested and they're going to throw your ass in, in jail because statistically speaking, black men get higher sentences than other races when it comes to selling when drug possession. So to let you know that. Um, let's see. So yeah, he just tells him, so stop selling weed, pick up some, learn about the business of drug pharmaceuticals that when it's legalized, you can actually make real money on it. So when he tells him that, he just throws the dime bags away and just like, you know what? Yeah, so he saved that guy's life. Uh, meanwhile, he talks to his dad and he looks at him and goes to him. His dad looks at him like, man, do I know you? You look familiar. He's like, oh, we may have met, you know, once or twice before. But anyway, he tells me, you look like you having girl problems. You know, uh, he's like, what, what happened? He's like, man, I got into it with my woman. She kicked me out and I'm just here just uh, drinking my drinking my sorrows away. But that's OK, because I'm just leaving all this up behind me. And that's when he's telling him, man, don't do that, because I'm pretty sure you got a kid at home. I'm just assuming you do. And the same thing happened to my dad when I was younger. My dad left, and I feel like if my dad stayed in my life, I would have been a different person growing up. And if I would have did, if I would have had a chance to change it, I would have changed it. So don't be like me. Uh be the change in your life. And whatever problems you have with your with your woman right now, make up for it with your kid. And he's just like, damn, I never thought about it like that. You know what? You're right. I'm gonna go home right now. Whatever it is, we're gonna hash it out. And he's like, cool. And so he teleports out of there. And that's it. So he apparently may or may not have fixed up with his dad. 
he teleports a week before the big bang to himself and he sees himself he's like oh who the hell are you he's like i'm you prove it oh he just tells him i reason i got in here because i know the combination of your locks i remember your second grade crush yada 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 all the stuff like that you're like well aren't you worried about the butterfly effect fuck the butterfly we got other sh- bigger shit to worry about you know so he's like you know the big bang is happening in a week they're gonna blame you for everything you need to stop it so he goes to uh alva industries where they blamed him for the big bang he takes all of the gas canisters he created and he's about to destroy them so they can't you know basically stop the big bang alva sees him he's like what the hell are you doing uh curtis you 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 trying to stop the stop the thing from happening see and that's when who told you that? that's when Har- hardware shows up he's like who the hell are you he's like i told him everything's gonna happen and he sees all the weapons and hardware stuff on like he was like man y'all shoot this guy he's like man don't shoot in the closed area so they shoot at hardware the bullets bounce off automatically and they shoot Alva in the head because the bullets bounce off his head. So now Alva's dead. So he's like, well, that's done. <laughs> so he just teleports out of there and he teleports back to the regular time. So what happens? Apparently, okay, so... Kang has bang, conquered. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the thing is, so he stopped the Big Bang. The Big Bang never happened. However, worse shit happened. So now there's superpower soldiers all over the planet taking over. How they got here? We don't know. Meanwhile, since his the head since the head CEO of Alva Industry died, and he was next in line, and he wasn't responsible for the Big Bang, he took over the company. So he's now the the head CEO of the biggest tech company on the planet. While everybody's dying all over the place. Meanwhile, Icon knocks on his window, just like Curtis. We need to talk. To be continued. So he hasn't. This is. Oh, I. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's the story. That's part one of the story. So yeah. Like I say, Icon is barely in this book. I was about to say, yeah. Is this, still, <laughs> is this called an icon? Isn't it icon? <laughs> You're supposed to be icon versus, but it's more like it, it's a it's a multiversal time travel story. So that's what it's about, you know. Okay. So yeah. So overall, strong opening. Like I said, I was loving the icon series before Bridget Hilton wrote this. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't digging the hardware story. But like I said, Richard Hillen wasn't writing it. He's writing it now. So I was actually digging this hardware story because that's all it was. But hardware time traveling? Yeah, cookie, and that's what cool it's like the, the Yeah, Reggie Hudlin on, because he wrote the Icon and Rocket. I was into right. that one. Yeah, he wrote that. So yeah. I wasn't really into the, you know. Yeah, because some, somebody Sy- else was writing hardware. I, yeah, honestly, I fell off on the hardware thing. And then know? Blood Syndicate, they brought back Blood Syndicate, which I fell off of, and I was so excited for that. And then Right. It had it had too many moving pieces on, on Blood Syndicate. Yeah. yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, I might, I might read this then. Yeah, this, this is awesome. I, I do recommend this. I'm gonna give it a, uh, I'm gonna get a four out of five because it was a lot of heavy setup. I wish it was more icon in there because it really wasn't icon. Honestly, icon was even in this book. It was really Rocket, but Rocket was doing things. She was just doing like Mean Girl High School shit, and I didn't feel like icon or yeah, icons from another planet, ain't he? Yeah. So the I big the bang doll. The Big Bang don't. Yeah, the Big Bang doesn't affect yeah, him. Doesn't oh, affect oh, Rock him. anyway, yeah. So he was he was already what it was anyway, but other shit got fucked up, so yeah. So, uh, yeah, so what, what you got? Well, my last book, I only got one. <laughs> <laughs> Make it count. Yeah. All right, um, this is all right. Uh, <laughs> this is free, so hey, that's pretty cool, right? Free on Comixology. If you have... Subscription to Comixology, this is included free. All the Archie books are free. So this is an Archie book. This is Betty, the final girl, one shot. It's just a one shot. Um, 
this is the part of that whole Archie horror line. You know, he's been doing, they've been doing these horror comics with Archie, Jughead the Hunger, Vampironica, Art, or Afterlife with Archie, you know, Blossom 666 or whatever, where you know, witches <laughs> and shit. Um, uh, Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's where the show came from. Was those new that those those Sabrina comics are fucking awesome and way more, you know, creepier and bloodier and gorier than the TV show is. <laughs> yeah, and I know uh, like people wanted to have the Netflix show banned because they thought it was satanic or some shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, they go way harder. The comics go mm-hmm. way harder. But this is uh, this is just a one shot. It's an old to slasher movies. This is Betty the Final Girl, um, and it's kind of like an anthology. Uh, Betty is babysitting uh, Veronica's cousin or somebody in Veronica's family's big giant mansion cabin. Um, And they're watching movies. Veronica steps out to go get some munchies. She runs to the store. So Betty's just watching this kid. The kid goes to sleep and Betty watches these horror movies. The first one. And that's what it is. So it's like an anthology. Um, the first movie she watches is kind of like a scream, a parody of Scream, involving um, Bridget Riley. She's one of she's a Riverdale character where some she's being stalked by a mass killer, and she ends up killing him. That was I. Um, the next movie she watches is uh, another sl- that, uh, kind of a parody of the movie You're Next, which is a more recent slasher movie involving killers mass killers and animal masks and josie and the pussycats they're playing a show they're playing like a halloween which also came from archie and i have all the cartoons yeah um there's a valentine's day dance and um people start getting picked off by these mass killers and animal masks and uh the drummer what's the drummer's name again melody the drummer she ends up taking them out this was probably my favorite one there she goes she you know baseball bat of these killers and shit the last one was uh uh a kind of about um a reference to when a stranger calls where betty is babysitting and she keeps getting texts have you checked the children and then she gets stalked by this like creepy uh killer with a like a antler mask and shit and all that so it it is it's just like uh, you know just making references to slasher movies, you know. Um, I think it was okay, you know. Uh, there's some gore, as you can see. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of like anthology books, you know, because it's just like short 10 pagers, you know what I mean? I wish it was like a whole issue, kind of like Jughead the Hunger was, you know what I mean? Like a whole series. It would have been cool to see a whole series, you know. What I mean? uh, but yeah, it was all right. Three out of five. Um, it's a val. It's and all these stories were Valentine's Day themed uh, stories. Uh, uh, kind of disappointed they didn't reference My Bloody Valentine, which is one of my all-time favorite slasher movies. Um, Harry Warden, I think, is a just as big as a slasher icon as Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, Chucky. Um, yeah, but sadly, they did not reference a Harry Warden. Mm-hmm. Running around with a pickaxe, cutting out people's hearts. <laughs> yeah, especially for a Valentine's episode, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a three out of five. It, it was kind, of, it was, it was fun, and it was free, so can't complain. It was free. So yeah, 
Mm. And that's it. That's all I read this week. Cool. <laughs> Comics, anyways. I was okay. reading a novel. I'm reading. I'm yeah. I was all weekend. I was reading a book without pictures. So. R- real books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> literature. <laughs> real prose. literature. I was reading <laughs> prose. Yes. <laughs> not this funny book shit. Yeah, yeah. Not the funny pages. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I was gonna do another book, but I'm just cut that book because honestly, I don't really give a shit. I was gonna do like Monica Rambo, but I, I think I did enough black books for for the time being. So we only did one, right? But it was like it was two black people in it, so technically counts as two books. So I'm counting (laughs) double the blackness. But yeah, Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna do my retro book. My retro book. I feel like I'm cheating because it's kind of like a black book, but not a black book because it's about King the Conqueror. Even though Egyptian. But they yes. made him white. <laughs> yes, that's that's what the book is about. <laughs> uh, let me see if I get to it. The reason I'm doing the it white is, pharaoh. <laughs> the white, yes, he's a white pharaoh on this. But I'm gonna explain it. I'm explaining it because, like I said, at the end of the the it, in the end of Ant Man and the Wasp, that when they show the Council of Kings and everything like that, now they show all the the main Kings there. Also, they show Immortus and they show Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Majors dressed up as an Egyptian pharaoh. And a lot of people was like confused, like, what the fuck is that? Well, the thing is, that's a reference to the comics. That's a reference to the comics, Ramatut. That's who he is. So Ramatut actually debuted before Kang the Conqueror. So he's actually the very first version of Kang the Conqueror, for anybody that knows that. So that's what it is. So he's actually, Ramatut first went to Egypt, conquered Egypt, and that's when he got his taste for conquering. And he went back to the 31st century and then took that over. And then that's where he went all the multiverse and blah, 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 and all stuff like that. So that's your thing right there. So just to make a, just to make this simple, I'm going to do the very first appearance of Kang, even though it's not Kang. It's a Kang, but not that Kang. So, so Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. He debuted not as Avengers, even though he's the main Avengers threat. He debuted in Fantastic Four. So Kang debuted in Avengers, but Ramatut debuted in Fantastic Four, but they're the same guy. Everybody debuted in fantastic Four. everybody <laughs> debuted in fantastic four that's the thing that was stan lee and jack kirby's baby fantastic four was their baby so it was pretty much just a launch pad for the marvel universe pretty much yeah yeah, so, yeah. so that's what he did there so let's get to it so what do we got to talk about so we're gonna talk about rama tut the first king you know uh and then i'm gonna and when, when i'm done with this issue you will realize why i hate king so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to it. All hang, right, he was like hanging out with dinosaurs. I know, time. man. It was annoying as fuck. <laughs> so basically, they gave you this stinger issue where you open the book up and you see a pharaoh holding a gun at the Fantastic Four. You're like, wait, what? what the fuck is that? They'll get into it. So basically, cut to it. Basically, what the story of this book is is that Reed Richards think he has found the cure for blindness, and if you don't know, uh. The thing's girlfriend, things, Alicia Master. Yeah, yeah things, she's yeah. blind. So he's thinking, I think I found a kid from blindness. I'm gonna kill your girlfriend. And things like, okay, you're talking about your ass. How did you find a cure for blindness? Okay, well, I don't know the cure for blindness, but when we went to an Egyptian museum one time, uh, I looked at the hieroglyphics and I realized there was this pharaoh that was blind, and he turned around, had this cosmic rod, and he can see again. So there's a pharaoh back in long time history that's unrecorded that nobody knows about that cure blindness. So back then, there's a way to find out. He's like, so how do we Stan find Lee, you fucking genius? That's one thing you got to understand. When you start reading Fantastic Four books, you will realize one thing. 
Stan Lee and Jack Kirby was on some good ass drugs because <laughs> these books are bonkers. You know? <laughs> so the thing is, so thing is like, so, okay, so yeah, there's a cure for blindness back in ancient Egyptian time that we don't know about. So how the hell can we get back there? He's like, that's easy. <laughs> it's easy because when we fought Dr. Doom, this at the time, this is Dr. Doom was like a fresh villain. So Dr. Doom had a time machine. <laughs> the very first time he photo up, he had a time machine. So even though we ran Dr. Doom off, his time machine is still in Latveria. So we could just take his time machine, go back and fast of Egypt and find a cure for blindness. You're like, well, that's easy. Let's go. <laughs> you know, so they fly to Latveria. They go to Doom's castle. They find his time machine. They tell Alicia to work the time machine. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she works the time See machine. See this button? No, you can't. <laughs> anyway, put your hand here. <laughs> <laughs> so they go there. So they rig a time machine up where they got 24 hours. After 24 hours, they're gonna automatically come back to this time anyway. So, so they got 24 hours to find the cure for blindness in ancient Egypt. So they go there and they find the Sphinx. They go back in the time, and the Sphinx hasn't been defaced yet. Because remember, like the the Europeans came, the first thing they did is deface the Sphinx, but they find it is fresh there. So like, okay, cool. So while they're there, they get attacked by the ancient Egyptians, and they get attacked. Of course, they're all white because they're all white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they get attacked. They run into the thing. Things just standing there, like, what the fuck y'all doing? So the Fantastic Four just just beat the hell out these guys did nothing there because the fantastic four you know uh meanwhile something happens and they all just lose their powers and they it just faint they like they but they don't know why they they're losing their powers so when they wake up the next morning or the next you know in a few hours they wake up in front of the egyptian pharaoh and they, they, powers and ben is still a rock well he's weak but he's a rock you know it's confusing he just gets fucking fucked all the time <laughs> right so he's still ugly and big as fuck but yeah. can't do shit so and then yeah. his woman's gonna be able to see his ugly ass <laughs> right like maybe she should stay blind you know <laughs> uh, all right so they 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 run into the pharaoh that rules this this whole land ramatut so this is ramatut this is king the conqueror before he's king the conqueror so yeah so he's there and he's just like oh the fantastic four it's like the fuck you're an egyptian pharaoh how the hell do you know we're the Fantastic Four? And why the hell are you speaking English? You know, uh, because English doesn't exist yet. He's like, oh, that's a good question. And but and plus, how did you make us lose our powers? He's like, easy, with this gun. He pulls out a gun. It's a gun from the 30, from the 30th century, and apparently it has the powers to rob the Fantastic Four of their powers. So he's, he basically gives the whole backstory. He's from the 30th century. Uh, there's no crime, no pollution, everything's safe. So he got bored there. It's boring there. Meanwhile, he watches old kind of TV, like the ancient West, stuff like that, and he watches the Fantastic Four on TV. So that's how he knows about the Fantastic Four, because to him, it's like old-timey TV, you know? So he gets bored, and he decides to go to a museum, and he finds one of his ancestors' blueprint for a time machine. Pay attention to what I said. His ancestors' blueprint. Mm-hmm. Who do we already know that knows how to make a time machine? Mm-hmm. Doctor Doom. So, yeah, it comes full circle. Well, they're always teaming up. You know, they're always teaming up because they think they may be related. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Kang is using Doctor Doom's time machine, and that's how he learns how to time travel. So yeah, so he builds a time machine that looks like like a uh, like a weird creature, so that when it goes there, he knows they will think it's they know to worship it. And the time machine he builds is the Sphinx. Ah, yeah. So he time travels in the Sphinx and he crashes it there. 
when he, and when he gets there of course they see the sphinx and they start worshiping and thinking it's a god and stuff like that but the crash so hard he blinds himself but later on he has the technology to blind you know to cure his blind stuff like that so it's cool so they try to stop him but then he blasts him again and he takes the fantastic four hostage everybody except sue storm because it's like every other fantastic four villain he fell in love with sue storm because, <laughs> because you know so anyway they do his bidding uh the hair. Just, damn that's hot right <laughs> he's a court justice so he's just doing that he dresses up you know uh sue storm like cleopatra you know whatever you know and but now thing transforms back into a human why oh, okay. because around this time in the 60s he just randomly changed back into a human but then i would always change back also he could control it it just it just happened but the thing is he transformed back so that means he could slip out of his handcuffs he's no longer on mind control status and he just fights his way through you know through things so anyway he swims back there finds uh meanwhile he's in love with sue storm and makes human toys do tricks and shit like that and ben Graham sneaks in takes his weapon his ray gun blasts sue storm to free her first when he frees her and and he turns back into Ben Graham because he just does you know she frees johnny storm they go free Reed richards and rama tut realizes oh the fantastic four back i need to get the fuck out of here so he runs and he runs back to the sphinx because that's where his time travel machine because he's about to you know get out of here and go back to the future you know uh they go to him find them try to get there yeah they free Reed richards they, there's a little tunnel under the Sphinx that they go there. So when they finally get there, they find Ramatut. Uh, he basically gets out of there. You know, he, t- he gets out of there. He teleports. Uh, and any kind of device that's in there, that's in the Sphinx, he blows up. So the Sphinx is just like this big dummy statue now, no longer like a time machine. It's just there. And he just leaves it there. So the Sphinx is his. Oh, and they find the cure for blindness in the Sphinx. So... They find what they're looking for. Ramatut gets away, goes back to the 30th century. Uh, the t- Alicia, actually time machine, they go back to the regular time. But here's the thing. The way Doom time machine works, they can't take anything back from them from the past. Damn it. So it was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> the whole time. So they're back in the present. They didn't find a cure for blindness. The end. So yeah, that's the story. I, I- and Alicia just chilling there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she's just chilling the whole time. No Doom bots. Yeah. Doom didn't find her. Yeah, they, she just in Doom Castle. <laughs> Nobody does anything. You know, she's just there. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little wacky Stanley Jack Kirby story. I did this. Technically, it counts as a Black History story. You know, Black History story, even though he's not, but he is. But he should be. But he's not. But whatever. Yeah. So, uh, Ramatut. There you go. So. So why right. don't you like Kang? Because of this bullshit. Because, okay, this book, he's Ramatut. Next book, he's Immortus. Next book, he's Silver Centurion. Next book, he's Mr. Timely. Next chick, he's a blonde chick with big titties. What the fuck, man? So every time you turn around, Kang is another person or a thing or whatever like that. So it gets too confusing all the time. The thing that really pissed me off when Thor beat him to death with Monier. And then five seconds later, he pop up in a time port. is like, hey, you killed me, Thor. I'm going to get revenge on you. And then just leaves. I'm like, so, so that's like, what you got. That's what you have the waiting for. So it's like, uh, like was it the first Bill and Ted's movie where they can't remember to leave car keys right here? Right. There they are. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he does weird shit like that. Yeah. So that's that's the thing Kang has. So yeah. So I'm I'm sick of it, man. All this time travel Kang shit. Like it's fun now, but when they really start getting to the shit, y'all are gonna hate Kang. I'm 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 warning you now. So not yeah. if he takes his shirt off. 
<sighs> not if he takes his shirt off or becomes a blonde <laughs> with big titties, whatever, you know, just <laughs> titties, titties. Exactly. <laughs> this is what Kang gonna look like in Kang Dynasty. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So I, I'm booked out. I'm not doing any more books. Uh yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, subscribe. Like I said, even if you just listen or watch this long, we thank you. You have helped us out. But if you do like us, leave a comment share you know spread the wealth you know yes. uh eli even though i didn't give a shit whether or not you looked at ant-man and like that i am going to give you an assignment this week hey damn it okay it, but don't worry you're gonna like the assignment megan comes out this week on peacock oh no ah, see i, 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 I knew you gonna like i knew you gonna like it yeah. i have not seen it yet you yeah. have not seen it. i have not seen it either okay next there week we'll review megan whole show the whole show <laughs> Not two and a half show. hours Not gonna go show. deep in the making that sounds dirty <laughs> that sounds dirty that's just like that we got banned we, another 90 day ban okay we didn't mean it youtube yeah <laughs> all right but yeah so basically check out next week we would do it and i would do another black book i don't know what i do i think i'll do black life next week i think i'll do that yeah. uh yeah until then this is leroy this is eli we'll talk to you guys next week same bullet time same bully channel Mike and making men of them Tears and fears for my peers They risen You think that it is It is If not it isn't Race for the border My daughter could be to banging out Chiefs rocking beats in the streets And it's time for hanging out Gather or rather for my circle Or ride out loud Just cause brothers or others Could never ever rock a crowd Is it because he's running off with the mouth Or was he really clearly Trying to play a nigga out No shut him down The king with the crown Cause all you wanna be is Dickie Down A friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme, so I said this rhyme I'm about to say. The rhyme was Mecca, and then it went this way. Recollect a Mecca, Mike check on a windmill skill, map the steps, wearing Godfather hats. It's okay to parlay the forte better. Tell her my nigga made a sweater tougher than leather. Swing another Rodney King thing, and I wreck. But just like the white one, I get no respect. Money stay awake, cause the other niggas are fake. From Hollis to the beacon, know your dumb ass is leaking. CL and one D. MC so rush it, big time way before Hammer got to touch it, remember the faces in all types of places, look ma, no shoelaces, and I'm
than a king I be. The microphone is granted when it's handed to me. I was planted on this planet and I plan to MC. The MC themes always seem to agree that I rock of the world and a society. I rage on the stages with a tuna verse. I give praises from these pages to the universe. My voice is raw, my lyrics is long. I keep it hardcore like you never saw you wanna be. to be. I went to John Jay University and since kindergarten I acquired the knowledge and after 12th grade I went straight to the college. Down with the kings on the mic a full swinger. The P to the R not an R&B singer. The R to the U-N-D-M-C and the fly human beings. Tonight I hold the key in. Flowing with the folk track hit the soul brother black. Pick up the bass better yet through the space. So let me put my big black twinkie on into the early morning. Had the skins yawning. Mecca, yo. You want the Mecca? Yo, I make a funky beat so we can blow, check it out. Beat rocks the boot knock, put you in a headlock, and now all the yada yada flock is on down with the wings. <laughs> 